Good morning, adventurers. Would you join me in a word of prayer for what someone is calling the, the most destructive fire in California state history? According to the BBC News this morning, 6,700 structures have been burned in the Paradise area. 23 families have lost loved ones. We know down in Santa Monica, two families have lost loved ones. Would you join me in praying for them? They've lost many everything. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, you are the God of all comfort. You are the God of all hope. And God, the devastation we know that is extant in paradise and magnolia is just awful. God, please provide hope and comfort and safety as 250,000 have had to evacuate. Provide the same safety and hope and comfort for those in Chico who are having to evacuate. And God, I pray that during this tragedy, you would bring families together, that there'd be reconciliation, forgiveness, love, that folks would realize there's more to this life than just this life. There's the next life. And uh, we want to love well in this life so we can welcome many into the next. God, please strengthen the, the arms and the legs and the minds of first responders. Thank you for their work. They're putting their lives on the line. We give you all the credit in Jesus' name. Amen. As you're seated, turn to your neighbor and say, hey, neighbor, would you be mine? Won't you be my neighbor? Awesome to have you here this morning. Just a couple points of information before I start. Three points. Number one, my name's Scott. I'm one of the pastors on staff. So grateful for our team here. Number two, after services, Dos Mas and the Squeeze-In will be here. If you're on a diet, time to stop this afternoon. And uh, our food trucks will be outside for our celebration event. And everything else will be inside in the student ministry warehouse, out in the children's ministry space, uh, in the hospitality, there'll be music and just great time to be together, like the early church, in my mind, just being together. And how many of you are familiar with Adventure of Roseville? Even maybe were there back in the day? Just want to give you a heads up that their worship leader that, that I used to work with, Lori True, will be leading worship here next weekend, and DJ West will be speaking. So if, if you're available, it'll be quite an experience. She is off the grid as far as an artist. So Anyways, next weekend. Today we're talking about the early church, and I'm answering this question. What was the early church like when the message was new? Brand new. I'm talking about like 50 days new after the resurrection of Jesus. And I think this is really critical because I think, personally, I experienced a church like the early church as a kid. I was not raised as a Christian. Uh, My family didn't go to church at all, but I had these weird neighbors that were like in love with Jesus, and I thought they were super weird, but it resonated with me. And after a while, I accepted their invitation, and it changed my life. It was Calvary Chapel of Costa Mesa. If you're familiar with their influence down in Orange County, it was just amazing. I think our nation needs churches like the early church. Forgiving, loving, caring, compassion-driven churches that are about caring for people. We need those kind of churches, and that, by God's grace, I pray that that's what he'll continue to do here through us. 
And so I want to look at the early church. Now, when I get to the yellow font, with the exception of the references, I'd like you to read with me, would you? Here it is. Therefore, let all Israel be assured of this. God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both. So this is Peter, the foot and mouth disciple of Jesus, who's actually preaching a sermon in front of 100,000 50 days after the resurrection of Christ. That's the context here. And he's saying, hey, you guys just crucified the chosen one since the foundation of the world who is designed to suffer a substitutionary death for man's sins on the cross. The cross. God, the cross. Here it is. When the people heard this, they were... Mm-mm, we got to do better than that. When the people heard this, they were... And said to Peter and the other apostles... Now that term, apostles... It, it's, the term has changed. Jesus invited 12 disciples to follow him, and then he said, I'm apostelling you. I'm sending you. So the same group of guys minus one. Judas kind of bailed. So here we go. They were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the other apostles or disciples minus Judas plus Matthias, brothers, what do we do? We just crucified the Messiah? Seriously? They're freaking out. Peter replied, Every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. This promise is for you and your children. Don't we love kids? Isn't that awesome that the author here, Luke, one of the physician that served Paul, that he's, he's including this message, just reminding us, this message isn't just for us, it's for our children. And our children's, and, and so on, it's big. And for all who are far off. Now, Sacramento was far off from Israel. This is us. This is us. For all whom the Lord God will call. God's calling. The delayed second coming is because Jesus is waiting for people to call on the name of the Lord. That's the only reason Jesus hasn't come back yet. With many other words, he warned them. And he pleaded with them, save yourselves from this. A sermon he could preach very currently. Those who accepted his message, right on the spot, check this out, and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. A couple weeks ago, we had 10 to 12 people get baptized here on a Sunday. I thought it was awesome. They, now, this is what the early church vibe was like. Here's the vibe. They voted. They voted. Oh, that's good. They were voters. Yeah. I don't think they got a vote. <laughs> they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, doing life together, to the breaking of bread, that's eating, and to... Now, we just finished a 40-day 40 40 prayer and fasting season here. How many of you got inspired by that? Anybody? Cool. I mean, 40 days of praying and seeking the Lord for an atomist, for school administrators, for city administrators, for our church, for our community, all that. That church was a church of prayer. Everyone was filled with awe. That is, the early church... There was a sense of awe, like, are you serious? This is happening there? And we've seen some things happen just in the last few months here at Adventure. One friend of mine named Gina has chronic, she gave me permission to share the story, she has chronic migraines to the point where they knock her out. She, she passes out. Uh, that's a migraine. And she said one day she was with her uh, son and she didn't want to pass out. And she said, Jesus, today I need to stay engaged. Please help me. And she takes lots of meds for this. Anyway, she said that day, all of a sudden, the pain was there, but not as bad. And she, she was able to stay coherent for the rest of the day. She thanked Jesus. She felt like it was a miraculous answer for prayer for her. 
and her migraines that day. We're seeing stuff like that happen. We're also seeing marriages solidify. Families come together and be honest to God about how they can improve as husbands, as wives, as children. We're excited about what God's doing. There were wonders and signs performed by the apostles. They had a divine ability to perform miracles. We still believe God does miracles. Let's read on. All the believers were together and had everything in common. So they spent time together. They spent time together. And we think that is maximized in small groups, community experiences where you're in living rooms, where you're doing life together. And let me just tell you, we're, we're charging one hill right now today. If you're visiting, you've come on the most unique day in our 15-year, six-month, six-day history, okay? Six Sundays history. And yet I want to, and we're, we're, we're on, a, on a mission right now to multiply hope in our community by purchasing this campus right now. But I want you to know there's another hill we want to climb in February in 2019. I'm so excited about telling you more about that. But some of this is uh, illustrative of what we want to see God do with our community. They sold property and possessions who had need. They were generous. They were generous. They believed Jesus' words. It is more blessed to give than it is to receive. They practiced that throughout. They believed that their generosity was storing up for themselves treasures in heaven so that not only would they be rewarded, but that they would be rewarded by seeing other people in heaven that God used their resources to bless. We've taught on that the last few months and you're going to, or weeks, and you're going you're gonna to see more here. So, when it comes to generosity, it can be a very awkward thing. And a lot of people don't view generosity or giving as spiritual. But Jesus told us that it was. This is what he said through the Apostle Paul. But since you excel in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in complete earnestness, and in love. So you excel in those areas. Very understood. We should excel in speech, in faith, in knowledge, in earnestness, and in love, right? Everyone would agree with that. Can I have an amen from the congregation? Right? And then he goes here. See that you also... Right? Not as much enthusiasm as we had before. Let's say that again. Two, three, let's do it. Excel in the grace of gift. Why in the world is that important? Why is that important? We've talked about it for several weeks. Let's, let's let the scriptures give us some direction on why that's important. Same book, next chapter, Paul is teaching us about, about seeds. He's using an agricultural metaphor. He says this, Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. And to bless you abundantly, so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in... So there's this challenge for all Christians everywhere to excel in the grace of giving. It's a message for all Christians. And yet it's scary. It's scary. Because we think, if, if I give, then I have less. It's just math, right? If I give, then I have less, right? Right? Let me show you something perhaps you've never seen before. Whoever sows generously will also reap generously and... Not as much enthusiasm. And to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in. So God's trying to do this work in you. And part of that is generosity. You know a farmer? You know a farmer. We got a lot, we're in a farming community, right? You know that farming necessitates sowing, right? You got to sow seeds. You got to sow seeds. 
Imagine a farmer. This right here is a 50-pound bag of seeds. Imagine a farmer who decided one spring that he wasn't going to sow seeds, not going to sow seeds this year. And you came to him and said, hey, dude, (laughs) farmer, dude, why aren't you sowing this year? He's like, if I sow these seeds, I'm going to run out of seeds. If I sow these seeds, I'm not going to have any more seeds. What kind of advice would you give him? Turn to your neighbor and just counsel the farmer. Go ahead, right now. Just tell him what you'd say. If I sow seeds, I'm not going to have any seeds. Not going to have any seeds. I'm out of seeds. Right? Okay, this is Jesus' teaching, right? All right, are we, are we together? Did you provide good counsel? Okay, here it is. Here we go. Andy Stanley gives this commentary on, on our, our timidity as it relates to sowing seeds or being generous. Here it is. It's on par with a farmer who out of fear of losing... You don't have to read the, the highlighted with me. Yeah, let's do it together. Ready? Sorry. It's on par with a farmer who, out of fear of losing his seed, refuses to plant his fields. As absurd as that may sound, many of us are guilty of hoarding the financial seed that God intends to be sown for the harvest that is yet to come, and it's all because of fear. And I actually think what happens is that we're kind of strange in this regard. We think, okay, I'm I'm not going to sow seed, because if I sow seed, I won't have any seed. And yet, I think we're real optimists. Most Californians that live here, you got to be optimistic in California. You won't survive. (laughs) Our rationale is this. We don't sow seeds, but we have this hope, this optimism that God is going to bless us, right? Who doesn't anticipate, hey, great things are going to happen. It's going to be a great year. I have great hope, right? Sometimes I think what the scripture is saying here is that our rationale is irrational. We don't want to trust God with our seed, so we don't want to sow seed. But we trust God to bless our harvest. It'd be like the farmer going out, hey, this year, uh -uh, I'm not sowing seeds, but I can't wait till that fall harvest comes. It's going to be beautiful. How many of you are like, okay, I get that. All right? So consider God's ability to be generous with you. One of my friends told me I should share this story with you. It was not shared in the first service. This is just an extra bonus for you. Here it is. So my wife and I have made a financial commitment to our Multiply Hope mission to try to buy this campus. And we already decided our first fruit gift last month. We made certain it could happen today. And this is how I felt like God was able and generous with us. I felt like he gave us like $2,000 in the last two weeks. Let me just show you how it happened. You, you disagree or agree. So the first one was kind of painful. I had a dental procedure that was done that was very expensive. And it was the first dental failure this dentist had had in 15 years. And it saved me a lot of money. And I was thrilled. I was, I'm like, dude, I'm coming back. I've never made money at the dentist. So I was so stoked. There's one, okay? It was a lot of money. I'm not going to give you the number because you'll be like, what were they doing? It was a lot. Then one of my sons worked for Xfinity, so he told us to change all our phones. And they gave us a bunch of rebates amounting to... Uh, 300 and 
three, $450, okay? And I forgot all about it, but it showed up, and I'm like, sweet! And then I did, a, I did something for a family in the last couple weeks, and I told them, no honorariums. The church pays my salary. I don't need anything. I'm well taken care of. They rebelled. They gave me the most generous gift I've ever received. Here's the deal. I just believe if, you will, if you'll start to practice generosity, you will notice that, say it with me, to bless you abundantly. This is from Jesus' teaching. I, I have not been in the Old Testament at all in this series. This is all New Testament. Hallelujah. Okay? This is non-legal, non-law speaking on generosity so that we can abound in Every good work. And I think the biggest deal with generosity is it buys back the freedom of my heart. I don't place my security and my confidence in my stack. Because God's the stack builder. I don't lean into my stack for confidence, security, especially when the Dow drops 4%. I lean into God because he's my provider. And it just frees my heart. I'm not worried about it. Okay? I'm happy to go to the dentist. So... This is what happens in the early church. Here's how, here's how it lays out. Say the first two words with me. Every day, they were together. Okay? I don't know how they made time for it with all the online gaming media, but they were together. They continued to meet together in the temple courts. That's in Jerusalem. They broke bread in their homes. That means to eat together. And they ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. So their ministry experienced goodwill in the church and throughout Jerusalem, which was a lot because they were considered um, to be total rebels and experienced persecution that followed. Their goodwill resulted in good news. Say this with me. And the Lord had added to their number daily those who were being saved. The Lord added. That's what the Holy Spirit believes is the most important thing for sacramentants, is that folks come to a faith in Jesus Christ. That Jesus got done on the cross what we cannot do for ourselves. The key to, becoming, the key to having a relationship with God is realizing that you're not perfect. We have, and there's only one perfect one, Jesus. The, we have a slogan here, no perfect people allowed. If, you think you're per- if, if you're looking for perfect people, prepare to be terribly disappointed. Because the key to, understanding, to, under- to having a relationship with God is acknowledging your imperfection. It's that pride that keeps us from having a relationship with Him. Because we think we're perfect. Okay? But when we acknowledge, <laughs> I'm in that no perfect people demographic, God's like, well, who do you think's perfect? And we say, Jesus, who lived a life that, that was perfect before God's eyes and suffered a substitutionary death for our sins. So that my faith is not a faith of works. My faith is in the one who got it done on the cross. My faith is, is, by, my faith is in Jesus, not a system, not a particular um, um, person except Jesus. If you've not made that decision, that's your next step to make Jesus the leader of your life, knowing that he got everything done. You don't have to. 
So here's what we believe here. Good deeds leads to goodwill, which leads to greater openness than ever to the good news. That's what happened in the early church. Let's say that together. Good deeds leads to goodwill, which leads to greater openness than ever to the good news. We're about to embark on a good deed uh, this morning. Now, adventurers are trying to, we have for the last six weeks been um, talking about our the sense of urgency we have to buy this building. And we know that this building is something we can't afford. If all of our, all of our giving units, which are 325, I know that sounds kind of depersonalizing to say you're a giving unit, but we keep giving very confidential. I've never seen what people give at this church. I can just tell you we have 325 giving units. If all those giving units gave $129 a month, we would reach our down payment goal of just shy of $1.5 million. So what we're looking for is shoulder-to-shoulder participation to make this happen. Does that make sense? That's how we get there. And this number, by the way, um, is a total over three years of just north of $4,600. $129 a month times 36 is a little over $4,600 a month, just to let you know where that's at. Frankly, I don't think this is enough to get you the direct TV service that you like. I don't think it has all the ESPN or the Discovery Channel that you might want. So I recommend Xfinity. <sighs> So some of you might be thinking, some of you are thinking, this was the Sunday we came here? <laughs> let, me just t- let me just talk to your heart for a moment. We've been waiting for this Sunday for 15 years. So we, we apologize if it makes you feel uncomfortable. We're excited about the opportunity to have a permanent church home here. And, and just a little factoid that came out this week. Not just churches, but other organizations that are in buildings that are facing a lease renewal are facing the possibility of having to relocate or close down. Did you see that on Facebook this week? Olympus. Olympus is going to have to renew their lease. I know we have some, we have some family of employees there. They're going to have to renew their lease, and it can, they, the, the owners can really push that amount up. Do you know why? You know what the fastest-growing business in Sacramento is? Pot. And that's not a ministry department we're headed towards. So we... <laughs> So, so really securing this building is important because it'll, it'll sell for a lot more. Some of you might be thinking, I've got nothing to give, and I want to just talk to you a little bit about your heart. There was a woman who gave, was the most generous giver that Jesus ever saw. And she gave what we call a mite. You might remember the, 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 the storyline, the tagline, widow's mite. She gave a mite, and here's how the story went. Jesus looked up, they were in Jerusalem, and he saw, Jesus sees, rich putting their gifts into the temple treasury. He also saw a poor widow put in two very small copper coins. Truly I tell you, he said, this poor widow has put in more than all the others. All these people gave their gifts out of their wealth, but she, out of her poverty, put in all she had to live on. Okay? This was her choice. We should give cheerfully and joyfully. I'm not asking you to do that, to give all that you have to live on. I'm asking you to do what the Lord's asking you to do. I trust the Holy Spirit lives in you, He dwells in you, and He'll speak to you and give you direction today. He already has given direction to adventurers. I told you we have 325 um, adventurers who give regularly and systematically at adventure. And Oh, by the way, there's the actual widow's mite. Very small amount. Still a, still a coin that is excavated in Israel today. So far, our volunteer leaders, our volunteer leaders at Adventure 
have 76 families have given, are giving today $139,000. Um, and they've committed to a total of $735,000. Yeah. And this is over and above their regular giving. This is over and above. And you can do the math on that. You can see the kind of commitment it is over three years or monthly. So we're just thrilled with that start. Today is the next step. Good deeds leads, say it with me, good deeds leads to goodwill, which leads to greater openness than ever to the good news. That's what we believe. Ray Johnston said that, Bayside Senior Pastor. Buildings have a lot of, serve a lot of purpose. It's, it's not a, a But a buildings are for people. Just come in, sit down and I wanted you to hear some of these stories if you haven't had a chance have to. Brunch or something. You know, before we even get to the front door, there are people greeting us. There's a sense of community. Like genuine happiness to see people say happy Sunday. The kids are excited. Um, it's everything. I mean, it's a very warm and comforting place to be, um, especially throughout the week, uh, week schedules. So everything that's planned to come in. Sometimes I'll come in a little bit more grumpy than I would like to admit. But when I'm leaving, it's like a re- you feel refreshed. You know, this is the thing that I needed to hear uh, throughout the week. It's um, it's really good. Adventures brought me hope. Uh, because Dan Dice and James Maine have not given up. They never gave up on And I've grown through coming to adventure. I've grown through my faith, meaning it's given me a foundation. From the moment that I walked into adventure, I was immediately welcomed and shown to the kids' zone where I was introduced to Annie Kay, who's become one of my really dear friends. And she introduced me to her Bible study, and I got involved. And I would say the biggest thing for me and how I felt Jesus moving through me here at Adventure has been the relationships and the community that I've built. And for two years, I told them, uh, well, you know, I haven't been to church in a long time, and I wasn't raised um, knowing the Bible. And they just kept saying, come, come, and um, Finally, one Sunday, well, getting a little emotional. When I really miss my son, um, I came. Yeah, I had uh, I had foot surgery several months ago, and I had to stay off my feet for at least three months. And um, you know, my husband and I we were like, "Well, how do we manage this with girls going to school?" And um, we had to have help. Listening to Scott, listening to the other members of the church, it's given me hope that I can become a better husband. It's given me hope that I can better become a better father towards my kids. It's given me hope that I can become a better person. And that's only through Jesus. Every day someone brought dinner from church. Everyone who I never met, and some I did, and so unexpected so unexpected and all the love that we felt from people we didn't know and people we did and we didn't anticipate all Mm -hmm. that all that you know that love in august we went into urgent care for what we thought was going to be something simple that they were basically going to tell me oh it's just in your head you're fine but it ended up being a pretty intense cancer scare where the doctors were it's an aggressive one. 
basically telling me to prepare for the worst. Two years ago, I had to have major surgery on my foot. From the day prior to my surgery, lots of prayers, lots of hugs, and the day after my surgery, um, I got flowers from Adventure and Robin Moore and Dan Dice and Cheryl um, and Candy Castorina, um, they just you know, Diane Howell. People came with gifts and cards and meals. I felt like it was wonderful, like a family. You know, it's a family. Immediately, I went to my prayer circle and asked for prayers, and they were constantly sending me messages, whether it's via text or stopping by and checking in and just seeing how I was doing. To get out. Yeah, or, or having me come to their house, absolutely. My small group never left my side. They were there through every bit. And I've never felt that welcome before in, in other churches. And um, I felt so blessed. And uh, this was definitely our home. Don't you think? I think Adventure has really I stepped need- up in trying to help comfort me with God's love and reminding me of his love and that he was in control. Um, and Don't you think that's what church is all about right there? That's it. And we simply want to multiply those stories over tens if not hundreds of times. I want to invite the chairman of our board, Chris Jackson, who's been with us for uh, four, 15 years to come forward and lead us into communion Would you welcome Chris Jackson? Wow, what an uh, amazing message and a series of messages. I'm so thankful for Scott and his leadership, and there's not too many folks that can talk about generosity for almost three months and still be standing. And uh, So thank you, Pastor Scott. It's wonderful. Um, So for those of you that don't know me, my name is Chris Jackson. and uh, if I haven't met you, and you may be more familiar with me, I sit behind uh, the keyboard most often here. Um, and I've been involved in music ministry for uh, a long time, loved music my entire life. And I think one of the reasons that I, I really enjoy music so much is because there seems to be a song for everything, right? If you're happy, there's a song for that. If you're sad... Uh, and need to be lifted up, there's a song out there to help you do that. And as we stand right here on the forefront of our Multiply Hope mission, I honestly believe there's a song for that. Um, and as I was thinking about it, there's, there's an old song uh, that you may or may not be familiar with. This is a song that's uh, traditionally been performed in church. Uh, it would have been in my grandmother's church. Uh, actually, sorry, my grandmother's church. Because... She didn't go to church. She went to church. Um, And uh, I want you to take a listen to this um, and kind of view the lyrics and see if you agree with me that this is the right song for our time right now. You get it, guys. Even though 
So, thank you guys. I think, uh, as I'm thinking about it, this song and this place that we are right now, we have come this far to this building right now by faith. There's no doubt about it in my mind that we had a number of adventurers back in 2009 that banded together to build some funds to, to bring us here right now. And now we have the same opportunity to continue to go. Um, as we continue to lean on the Lord, like the song said, and trust in his word, he will never fail us. We might fail in our faith sometimes, but God is faithful all the time, and he will never fail us. And I love the end of the, of the chorus there. It says, we can't turn around. We've, we've come this far. There's no looking back at this point. Let's move forward and multiply hope for Natomas. And so as we move into our time of communion, uh, I want you to just take a, a minute to think about and to reflect upon how God has been faithful to you. And let's give him thanks uh, because of that. As we're here together, banding together, and moving forward with Multiply Hope. Our communion is open to all believers. Uh, the bread represents Christ's body that was broken for you. Uh, the juice represents his blood that was shed for you. Again, take a moment to reflect upon his sacrifice, his faithfulness, and to give him thanks. Uh, parents, your children's participation is at your discretion. Servers, you may begin.
so now we're going to transition into our time of offering. Uh, now, this isn't the time for the multiply hope, but this is our, you know, our general regular offering. Um, and so as we move into that, uh, would you just bow your heads with me? Heavenly Father, again, we just thank you so much for your faithfulness to adventure to us as people here. Um, and we just pray that uh, as we take up this offering, Lord, that you would continue to use it towards your purpose here, Lord. Uh, help us to continue to reach folks, to, to uh, minister to people and touch them in the ways that uh, will help to build them up and to draw them closer to you, Lord. Uh, again, we thank you and praise you for everything. In Jesus' name, amen.